1: Welcome, Into
2: Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into
3: Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Hopefully always entertaining and informative. Oh, and of course, always free. You're tuned into tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. And this is the broadcast for the weekend of Friday, February 11th. 2022, always using the Friday dates. And the reason we let you know that is if you want to go back and hear a particular call or our answer or particular tech news or anything in particular, in this case, you know to visit us at intotomorrow.com and look for the show for the weekend of Friday, February 11th. In this case, hour one during our 27th year on the air, we are back in our Miami studios, After four weeks of Consumer Electronics Show, they don't want us to call it that, but come on, we all know that's what it is, CES coverage. We hope you didn't miss any of it, including all the videos of all the cool products that we were able to cover that were introduced during CES. We had a bunch, a plethora, you? you might say, yeah, a variety of videos, right? and we hope everyone has a chance. If you missed any of them. Be sure to visit us at intotomorrow.com. Click on the link that shows you CES 2022 coverage and check out all the cool interviews. Hopefully, there's a bunch of stuff in there that you're curious about, interested in, and maybe will be first on your block to have. Some of the items are available now, others soon. But either way, we try not to tease you with vaporware or stuff that's not going to come out for a couple of years. We try to avoid those things. You know, As you get closer to an actual product, let us know. We'll let our audience know. So we had a couple of those, but we'd deal with them. Yeah. Meantime, some tech news and commentary, and then we get back to your calls. We've been gathering a whole bunch of them during our CES coverage, but that shouldn't stop you. If you've got a question, a comment, a concern about anything involving consumer tech, or you want to share some tech rage or your favorite apps these days and why, whatever the case, help for another listener, man, we love those calls, then do participate. Chris is about to tell you. I can see it. He's got baited breath. Maybe just bad breath, but it's some kind of breath just waiting to tell you how you can participate anytime, 24-7. Ready? Go. 800-899-INTO. That's
4: 800-899-4686 on the old telephone. Or it could be your new phone. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could uh, use the app. There's a message studio button. You can send a message to us right from there.
3: Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Just mash that message to studio button. But, Nay, you forgot the third very popular way these days that folks participate.
4: Oh, yeah, that little Ask Dave button on the. See, I had to stress the K.
3: Yeah. Um, at into tomorrow.com there. Got okay. The microphone it says Ask Dave. Click it. On the right hand side of your browser, sometimes on the lower right, but you can't miss it. Even as you scroll, it's still there. Little red. Microphone, says Ask Dave. And you can do that anytime at your leisure, yes? Yeah. Very good. So a little uh, tech company had some little announcements or something earlier this week. Would that be that little tech company known as Samsung? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, nothing big, you know. Well, (laughs) some announcements about (laughs) new products, of course, and they claim that they're going to use material from recycled ocean plastics, including discarded fishing nets. They say the effort will begin with the Galaxy S22 phones, but it smells a little fishy to me.
4: Uh, I see what you did there. (laughs) The S22, isn't that what was supposed to be the Note 21?
3: Yes, I do believe so. And, of course, I've had the Note 20 since it came out. And I'm thinking, well, I'm safe. I'm fine. Now, you know, they're going to want to make me get a, well, it was going to be a Note 21. But now it's going to be the S22 Ultra. It's the new Galaxy Note with, they say, an even better response time at 9 milliseconds for the S-Pen stylus. Anytime I've timed my S-Pen, it hadn't taken about that long, but who cared? Uh, camera hardware similar to the previous model, meaning mine. 108 megapixel main camera, 3 times and 10 times telephoto camera, and an ultra-wide device. It can fast charge using 45 watts
4: yeah but how much is that uh, that their phone
3: (laughs) funny you should ask starting at only 128 gigabytes (laughs) it's twelve hundred dollars yeah so ask me am i going to run out and get that to replace my perfectly fine note 20 are you going to run out and get it to replace your perfectly fine note 20 funny you should ask no (laughs) not going to happen you can replace it with an iphone yeah so yeah. now they have the Galaxy S twenty two and S twenty two Plus. Yeah,
4: now these they say or they say they, uh, they look very similar to the outgoing Galaxy S twenty one models, but they've got some new matching colors for the camera bump and body, instead of contrasting colors for oh. for those people that are kind of OCD like me and like things to match.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: now they also have the addition of Gorilla Glass Victus Plus on both the front and back instead of the the cheap plasticky kind of glass that they had in the previous base models. Hmm. Now the Galaxy S two starts in at a
3: budget seven ninety nine. $9.99. You might as well say $800. <laughs> yeah. okay. And the plus version you can get for about 1000 Nice. Yeah, We'll have more, if you care, more Samsung news from their big, question mark, event <laughs> that took place this past week. Meantime, other things to share with you. You may have heard about this. SpaceX reported that 40 of the 49 Starlink satellites that it launched to low Earth orbit on February 3rd are now doomed to to burn up in re-entry because of a geomagnetic storm. Oops. Yeah. Such storms are disturbances in Earth's magnetic field caused by activity on the sun. The satellites were part of SpaceX's grand plan to launch thousands of Starlink satellites for global Internet access. Each of these 40 Starlink satellites is over 10 feet by 5 feet and weighs 573 pounds. Some of the doomed satellites will be re-entering the atmosphere over the next few days. And although it's still uncertain exactly where and when they'll all come back crashing into Earth, just in case, keep looking up. Yeah. Of course, Elon Musk has always said that they learn by their failures, but not sure what, if anything, they could do about activity caused by the sun. Yeah. But sure? they just launched 49 of these a week or two ago, and 40 of them are coming crashing. Well, they're going to burn up before they hit Earth. But yeah, Are we sure it's not because of the cats that have been in the, di- the satellite dishes that we talked about last week? It could be, although those are different <laughs> kind of satellite dishes. <laughs> well, they're their satellite dishes yeah. because of their warming plate they have in it. But no, I don't think the cats had anything to do with Is it. Is it sent up a less than perfect signal? Oh, boy. We're in trouble.
4: So, uh, if there was ever a time uh, when you said to someone, Tell me you have too much money without telling me you have too much money, this next story is it. You know, I've never said that to anyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Jeff Bezos is having a 417 foot long, $500 million super yacht built in uh, Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Yeah. That's not what makes news here. Oh, uh, I mean, rich, as if
3: that's not enough?
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, rich okay. snobs buy overpriced toys all the time. Yeah. The part that makes this story interesting is that once the vessel is completed, it'll be too tall to pass under one of Rotterdam's historic bridges. Wait, nobody thought of this yeah. while they're building the ship and having to get it out of there? Yeah. Well, while many would assume the usual fix would be to sail the vessel out unfinished and top it off at another shipyard, which happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But Bezos would have nothing of that. He convinced city officials to let him pay to have the bridge partially dismantled so that his half-a-billion-dollar toy can sail underneath once it's finished, where he will then pay to have the bridge put back together.
3: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. More money than he needs and ridiculous spending. Now, the bridge was built in
4: 1878 and was rebuilt after being bombed by the Germans during World War II. Locals are not happy with the council's decision because it had renovated the Iconic Bridge in 2017 and at the time promised that it would never again dismantle it. Oh, until so, Jeff Bozo
3: comes along and, yeah, and says, not, hey, right. I got money. How yeah. much you want? So, right. so dismantle it. Right. So
4: now they're breaking that promise. So oh. residents have vowed to throw eggs at the superyacht as it passes through if the plan goes forward.
3: <laughs> Love that idea. Love that. I've, book me on a flight to Rotterdam. I want to help them that's amazing so they're gonna line the the bank of this river yeah and they're gonna throw eggs at his super yacht yeah half a billion dollar new super yacht because they're not pleased with him flaunting his money and dismantling their bridge yeah. now because what kind of of disruption is that going to be I'm sure it's not going to be a few hours it's going to be several days a week who knows Probably. oh my god what a clown uh-huh even though he has enough money to buy me and and throw me to the sun.
4: Uh, And also, you know, Mr. Bezos, on behalf of uh, Amazon customers everywhere, you're welcome
3: for your super yacht. Of course. Yeah, because you prime suckers (laughs) bought it for him like everything else. Uh Like his, you know, six minute trips to the edge of space. As he even said, thanks to all of our Amazon customers, because they paid for it. it wonderful. Uh-huh. And you know, I keep reading more and more lately about Amazon is not the cheapest for most items. Yeah, I've, I've learned that recently. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So there's something else to keep in mind. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. 110,000 plus people have ordered the new Chevy Silverado pickup EV but not even being built, get this, for at least another year. I guess that's more people that have more money than they know it's to yeah, do probably. Yeah, probably. Of course, the tax breaks are paid for by all of us. You're welcome. So, so I, yeah, exactly. So I figure we should all be allowed to drive one. Because our, that's, that's a good idea. Our taxes are paying with the tax breaks for everyone who's going to buy these 110,000-plus people who already placed an order are getting a tax break that we paid for. I think we should make them almost be like Uber drivers occasionally, at no cost to the rest of us taxpayers, and say, I need a stove moved. I need a refrigerator picked up. And and you have a pickup truck. My tax dollars paid for that pickup truck. So... It's your turn to help me out. What well, do you think? Yeah. Well, that's exactly why I don't have a pickup truck anymore. Yeah, I know.
4: <laughs> I had a bumper sticker that I wanted to get when I had a pickup truck, you know, that said, Yes, this is my pickup truck. No, I will not help you move.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Cause you did have that issue, of course. Yeah. Not just with me, although once or twice it was like, Hey Chris, I need your help with your truck. Yeah. But with a bunch of friends and family and everybody uses a pickup truck. Uh-huh. So but but everyone else didn't help pay for it, except me. With your pickup truck, including I'll give you money for gas. But in this case, come on, that's not fair. We're paying for it. At least a big chunk of it with your tax break. I know that some of the 110,000 people listening said, yeah, and, well, and, you need to help me out when I need a pickup truck. (laughs) It'll just be for a day or so. Yeah. (laughs) North Korea attacked a U.S. hacker. So he shut down the whole country's Internet. (laughs) which is not saying much, since they have no more than a few dozen websites largely aimed at distributing state propaganda to an international audience, but he did manage to do it. According to Wired, a U.S. hacker known by his alias P4X claimed responsibility for shutting down the Internet in all of North Korea. Too bad he can't shut down the missile tests. Now, see, that would have been more of an accomplishment than shutting down websites that nobody sees. Mm -hmm. But that's a start. Yeah. So good luck to him. So speaking
4: of going back to your story about uh, stuff coming crashing down from space. (laughs) uh,
3: Yeah. There's a lot of that going on.
4: Yeah. NASA is moving forward with its plans to take the International Space Station out of orbit in 2031 and crash it into the Pacific Ocean. What? I thought that was a perfectly good space station. Apparently it is right now. NASA explained in the report that the ISS will continue operating through 2030 in order to maintain a U.S. presence in space until private industry operators develop commercial replacements. The report explains how NASA will retire the decades-old space station, which is regularly recording technical issues and developing cracks and leaks. Uh, when it when its time comes, ISS Mission Control will maneuver the space station, quote, to line up the final target ground track and debris footprint over the South Pacific Oceanic Uninhabited Area. Whew. ISS operators will perform the ISS re-entry burn, providing the final push to lower ISS as
3: much as possible and ensure safe atmospheric entry. Wow. I, why can't they just keep it working? Mm-hmm. You know, they're adding stuff to it all the time and repairing things. Or, or has it got to a point where it's just outlived its useful I life it's, and it's, everything it's. going private? The NASA figures we shouldn't put any more money in it, so crash it into the ocean. Yeah. It'll be one heck of a reef. Uh, it would be. Well, if I was a diver, I'd make plans to dive wherever it ends up. Although it's probably going to be really, really deep because it's the deepest part of the Pacific, yeah. right? Yeah.
4: And apparently, I guess they're aiming for the the largest expanse of uninhabited areas so that their chance of hitting land is as as little as possible.
3: What about the boats out there? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they'll warn the shipping channels to avoid this particular area of the Pacific Ocean because if not, that could be something falling on your head. Yeah. Gotcha. Facebook parent Meta startled investors with a sharper-than-expected decline in profits. And a rather gloomy outlook in its first earnings report since chief executive Mark Zuckerberg outlined a pivot to the metaverse, Facebook's global daily active users declined from the previous quarter for the first time, to only 1.92 billion users, from 1.930 billion. I feel so sorry.
4: Well, and stay tuned next hour because I'm going to have a story about how they uh, may—they've
3: said they may have to shut down in the in Europe. Oh. Facebook and Instagram. So we'll we'll see. You got my attention there, so (laughs) next hour you're going to share that with us. Meta said that it faced hits from Apple's privacy changes to its operating system, which have made it harder for brands to target and measure their ads on Facebook and Instagram. Again, aw, poor Mm -hmm. Zuck. What on earth is he going to do? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's... That's just terrible. So deal with your nearly 2 billion daily users and be happy with that. Yeah. But of course not. Never happy with that. Jeff in St. Cloud, Minnesota, participating with the free Into Tomorrow app. And we love you for that. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. Really
2: enjoy listening to your show. Wonderful system that you guys have set up for helping people. Thank you. And I'm looking for a Wi-Fi system for my house. It's a 3600 square foot, three-story house. My Wi-Fi system that I have now doesn't always pick up in all the corners properly. And I'm just looking for something, whatever's the best out there to uh, help out with a house of this size. I would appreciate any help you can give me.
3: Well, Jeff, it'll be our pleasure to help you as much as we can. 3,600 square feet is probably too much for a single router to handle reliably, we think. Your best option is to buy a mesh system. Mesh systems consist of several different devices that you place in different parts of your house to get that full coverage. Now, each component is an individual access point, but the system works as a single Wi-Fi network, so you don't have to worry about switching networks depending on which part of the house you may be in. You just connect to one, and the mesh network hands off the connection to the components with the best signal in the background.
4: Yeah, now there are several systems you can look into. Google's Nest Wi-Fi system is probably about as cheap as they get. A Three-point system will cost you about three hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, an Eero three-pack will cost you considerably more. Think around six hundred. Uh, a Netgear Orbi with Wi-Fi six
3: support will add another digit. But uh, we use the Netgear Orbi around our studios. Yes, and we've not had any problem. Knock on wood. I'm hitting my forehead. Uh, and the Orbi has worked well for us, just yeah. as an example. But, yeah, they're not cheap.
4: Yeah, no, no matter which system you choose, you can always add more access points as you go. So you may be able to start out with a two-point system and see if that happens to work for you. But given the size of your home, it's likely that you'll need at
3: least three access points. Yeah, think in terms of uh, one for each floor, at least, and that's how it'll work. Let us know, Jeff, what you end up with and how it works for you. Meantime, let's meet at intotomorrow.com.
5: don't
3: keep it Call 806132715 that's 806132715 806132715 call now life
6: care provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills burial costs and unpaid debt A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral cost skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that if left unattended will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call Life Care at 800-956-0683.
9: 800-956-0683. 800-956-0683. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's
3: 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Hey, don't forget, since we're back in our Miami studios with, air quotes, regular shows, we need to hear from you because you make the show when you participate. Welcome back Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion
4: of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Check them out if you're looking to start a podcast. Visit b l u b r r y. Com. It's blueberry without the E's. Yes. Easy way to remember. And stay tuned, because coming up in just a few moments, right after this next break, uh, Dave will be chatting with Nancy Kerrigan, the American figure skater. Uh, she's with us representing Dolphin Entertainment, talking about an NFT digital collectible program that brings together the worlds of comic book heroes and groundbreaking athletes.
3: It's really fascinating what they're doing. And I didn't realize until we interviewed her, and you'll hear it, uh, that she's got a Marvel person that designed her nft so there's some even additional fun background you want to stay tuned for that speaking of staying tuned when you visit us at intotomorrow.com we hope that you'll put your email address only in the little box that pops up so that you too can receive our free once a week tech newsletter if you don't already And it's very easy. We don't share your email address with anyone, and we don't spam you either. Speaking of which, don't forget to check your spam filters, especially if you haven't seen our tech newsletter in a while, or you're wondering why you haven't heard from some family that you haven't heard from. That might be in your spam filter. Check us out at intotomorrow.com. back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline in our 27th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, including products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. And of course, you make the show. So we want to hear from you. Perhaps you have any questions about any of our guests on the show. You want more info, whatever the case. Maybe you just want to share some tech rage with us. That's fine, too. Join us anytime, 24-7. You can call toll-free 800-899-INTO. You can use the free Into Tomorrow app. Just mash that message to studio button. Or the fastest, coolest, fun way that folks are joining us these days. Visiting us at intotomorrow.com and hit the Ask Dave microphone button. That you can't miss it. It's right there. Many eyes of the sports world, of course, focusing on Beijing for the Winter Games. Dolphin Entertainment announced the availability of a new NFT. You've heard us talking about non-fungible tokens before. Of course, digital collectible programs that bring together the worlds of comic book heroes and groundbreaking athletes. Here to tell us more is one of those groundbreaking athletes who represented the U.S. at the 1992 and 1994 Winter Olympic Games. She's a two-time Olympic medalist, American figure skater Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy, welcome into Tomorrow. How are you?
1: Thanks, Dave. I'm doing well, thanks. Glad to be part of the show.
3: Glad to have you with us as well. Of course, Beijing marking the 30th year anniversary of your bronze medal performance at the 92 Winter Games. So, again, congrats. And a lot has happened since then.
1: Thanks. It sure has. I mean, it's amazing how time flies because if I remember back, it just... You know, I have such great memories of, about those Olympics and my favorite thing still looking back is marching in those opening ceremonies amongst these other great athletes that are, representing the United States, marching behind that American flag and being a part of something that's so much bigger than me being on the ice alone and being in that moment um, with all these the greatest of the great, you know, in their yeah. in their perspective sports it's, it was such an amazing moment and and such an honor for me
3: i'm so glad to hear you say that too very patriotic feeling and and like we're with you when you're doing that sort of thing not only during your performance but of course as you're marching with the fellow u.s athletes it's like it's such a, a nice warm and cozy if you will feeling isn't it not
1: oh it is so fun it's almost like an overwhelming feeling to be amongst them like I don't know you it's so much bigger than just yourself and it's so such an amazing thing to be part of and to think wow I'm one of these the the best you know being here being on this team and it's especially coming from a not a team sport um although nobody gets to the top by themselves and it does take a team um parents coaches friends you know, everybody who helps you get there doctors, therapists, physical therapists like anybody who helps you get there. And it's no, there's no shaming asking for help either, you know, because it does take a lot of people. And um, I think we all do better when we work together as a team, uh, even if you're out there alone. Uh-huh. So um, it's, and remember that why do you keep going? Like, think about a sport is fun, but it becomes a lot of work. And so, We keep getting up, keep trying. I mean, literally in skating, you fall, you get up, you fall, you get up thousands Mm -hmm. of times. And it just, it's a great lesson in life. And um, if you can remember why you keep going, that you loved it, that you do love it, I think it makes it a lot easier and you can perform even better.
3: And of course, Nancy, you're into something even more exciting as well these days when we talk about NFTs. How do you describe to people, and even for our audience who may not yet know, what is an NFT? And then let's get involved in what it is that you're doing with it.
1: Well, it is. It's so different. um, And it's something I'm still learning all about because it's new. And so to be part of something that's current and new and like I don't know. It's almost, to me, in some ways, it seems futuristic, except it's here. It's now. And it's um, digital artwork. And it's, you know, everything's gone digital and um, artwork's no exception. And so DolphinNFTS.com, you can go there and find out more about it. But these NFTs are like basically... It's like a trading card and you can buy them in packs and then um, collect different packs of them. And the pack I'm in is amongst these great athletes that are competing now. John Schuster is competing for curling for team USA. And earlier I watched team USA um, play Finland in female hockey. Um, Hillary Knight was there and Kendall coined Schofield, uh, who's the captain and to be in the, this collection with these current athletes it's huge honor for me um and i mean it's it's amazing so and to be depicted by an actual marvel artist is mm. really amazing and an honor my oldest son already posted like my mom's a superhero and posted the <laughs> picture and so I, that was pretty cool um so <laughs> to to be seen like this and by someone such an amazing artist because we're huge um fans of Marvel. So it's it's pretty awesome.
3: So from, Nancy, from winning bronze to, of course, being at the forefront of these NFTs now, uh, not only is it exciting, but I didn't realize that it was a Marvel artist that actually depicted you in this NFT. That's even more exciting.
1: It is more exciting because we're, we're, you know, it's if you look at it, it looks like a Marvel character. I mean, yeah. they're, they're amazing. The artwork is really beautifully done and they asked all kinds of questions so they would know like how to create you and um green is my favorite color so Mm -hmm. that's why i have green but um yeah it's it's amazing my son's a, a costume designer and he works with someone who's done work with marvel and is designing and so i showed him the picture and um it's you know they're he got, I got the approvals. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's just, it's, it's awesome to be part of something so new and so current. And, um, it's taken a while for me to kind of figure it out a little bit because it's just different. I mean, I've been doing shows. I'm very, very fortunate in my sport. We have such an afterlife to, of performance and, um, you know, people wait afterwards to get me to sign the trading cards that I've had tops trading cards since, I don't know, tw- um, 1994 so and they're still asking me to sign these so many years later and which is amazing to me um but so to now be a part of a new type of trading card is it's it's awesome
3: yeah i like the trading card example but how do you sign an nft
1: well i (laughs) i've been asking that too um so I think there'll be some that are already signed. And so there's like a contest to try and win those specific ones um, that some will have already been signed.
8: Gotcha. But
1: but otherwise, I'm yeah, I don't know. People won't be standing backstage with a digital <laughs> NFT sign. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it's different. Well,
3: so. they can still get you to sign an autograph picture, perhaps. So maybe there's that involved. Have you had a chance to view some of the others as Dolphin NFTs as well?
1: I have um, seen a couple and my daughter was just trying to show me some of them before she left. But um, yeah, they look, they're amazing. And it looks like we're going to be in some movie or a superhero movie or something. Nice. It's, it's cool.
3: And I understand. They look amazing, of course. and, And I'm looking at your NFT as well in the green, and it does look very cool.
1: Yeah, but they they do come in packs. So if you check them out, check all the different packs out. You can collect all different ones, and I think it's something. Really cool that people really enjoy
3: having. Uh, well, we've enjoyed having you on the show as well. It sounds interesting. You're clearly excited about it as well. You should be. And uh, and good luck to you guys. And, and of course, we're happy to promote Dolphin NFTS, as in NFTs, right? DolphinNFTs.com. For fanatics, filmaholics, foodies, and more, find <laughs> your fandom. Nancy Kerrigan, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us on Into Tomorrow.
1: Thank you so much,
3: Dave. It's our pleasure. We're back with much more. And of course, DolphinNFTs.com. We'll get you there when you visit IntoTomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline, bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network.
6: Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. United we stand.
10: 1-800-781-6764. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888 856 8066, and we'll rush your order discreetly packaged to your door. Been thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1 888 856 8066 for as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888 856 8066 and ask about our express shipping option, and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888-856-8066.
6: If you don't have final expense insurance, this message is for you. Life Care provides valuable whole life insurance to help cover final expenses, medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. Call Life Care at 800-956-0683, 800-956-0683.
3: Want to hear from you, not just because we came back with a lot of very cool prizes. Stay tuned. We're going to tell you among the things we have for you when you participate. We came back from CES with a bunch of cool giveaways, but because we want to hear you and that your participation really makes the show, and we appreciate that. This is Into Tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part
4: by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000.
2: Jump aboard the time machine. you got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech history.
3: History, history. history, 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 history,
2: history, Here's Chris. This week,
4: back in 1849, Dave Graveline was there when the first photograph of a U.S. Not pre- true. Okay, the f- first photograph of a U.S. president was taken by Matthew Brady in New York City. The subject of the famous photo was the 11th president of the U.S., James Polk. Wow. In 1876, Alexander Graham Bell applied for a patent for the telephone. The same day that Elisha Gray does. Uh, Though many believe Bell beat Gray to the patent office by a few hours. Several controversies last to this day about who should get credit for inventing the telephone. There's also accusations of fraud and theft. It's actually a really cool story. If you want to read some interesting stuff, look up the fight over the telephone patent. In 1990 this week, the Voyager 1 spacecraft took the photograph of planet Earth that later became known as Pale Blue Dot. Voyager One, which had completed its primary mission and was, and was leaving the solar system, was commanded by NASA to turn its camera around and take one last photograph of Earth across a great expanse of space, at the request of astronomer and author Carl Sagan.
1: Was it as good for you as it was for me?
4: And it's funny because in the, in the photo you see these you know, like sun rays, or whatever, and the Earth is literally it looks it's about the, about the size of a pixel. Wow! In this photo, <laughs> how did we even know it was Earth? <laughs> exactly, could have uh. just been a piece of dust. Yep. In 2005 this week, originally intended as a video dating site, YouTube was launched by a group of college students, eventually becoming the largest video-sharing website in the world. Oh, yeah. A little side note, just a year after its founding, YouTube was sold to Google for more than $1.6 billion. It was originally going to
3: be a dating service.
4: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which
3: is why they had not originally launched it on Valentine's Day in oh, 2005. how about that? Yeah. Which, of course, this is Valentine's Day weekend. Yes. So... Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Or Singles Awareness Day. Singles <laughs> Awareness Day. That's right. Well, that's what
4: yeah. most of us celebrate. Yeah. yeah. And this week in 2008, Toshiba Corporation said that it was giving up on its HD DVD format for high-definition video, conceding defeat to the competing Blu-ray technology backed by Sony.
6: It's alive!
4: Nowadays, you're hard-pressed to even find Blu-ray discs or players still around. Most people are now streaming their content. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com.
3: I will do just that. Let's head over to Ridgecrest, California, because Cutis listens online. Welcome into tomorrow.
8: Dave, what I'd like to hear you, from you is a sort of how can you contrast the collapse to Comdex? I know CES was, I think, just money. But the current problems at CES, hopefully, are only only COVID, and what do you think are the chances that CES can recover?
3: Well, that's an interesting question, Kunis, I have to tell you. For our listeners who might not know, Comdex was another huge show. This was a computer convention held in Las Vegas every year from the late 70s until 2003. For many years, it was the big daddy, if you will, with many people feeling that it was more important to the industry, much more important than CES. We even broadcast our show from there a few times, the first several years that we were on the air, and we've been on for 27 years. So, yeah, we were around during Comdex.
4: Yeah, and around 1999 or 2000, major companies like Apple, IBM, and Compaq began pulling out of Comdex to hold their own corporate events. Gee, much
3: like what they've done with CES. Yeah. They hold their own events. Yeah. Ah.
4: And that's, of course, a trend that that continues today. Yeah. That combined with the changes that organizers made that allowed bloggers and anyone who considered themselves legitimate media to attend, that kind of started the downward spiral. Now, the show went from 2,500 exhibitors and 225,000 attendees at its peak to just 500 exhibitors and 40,000 attendees its final year in 2003. Ironically, that's about the attendance we saw this year at CES,
3: if that even. Yeah, they were claiming 40,000, but no, no way. Uh, I would assume that CES would have rebounded better if there hadn't been, of course, a new COVID variant making the rounds at the same time, and that it will rebound better next year. Now, having said that, They didn't put on a show for two years, basically, and no one really missed them. So the show may have proven itself to be less useful and necessary than CTA would like it to be. And that's just, it's our opinion, but it's true. We were there in person last month when far fewer people were. We got great interviews, four weeks' worth which is more interviews than we had ever come back with before. But that's because there were no lines, no waiting, no problem going up to people at a booth that had nothing to do, but they were sitting down with a look on their face. Someone, please ask me a question or say hi. And hi, you know, we show up with our camera and microphones and they jump up and, oh, I'm just delighted to see someone. (laughs) So we were able to do a lot of interviews. But yeah, when we say that we wonder if CES is going to implode like Comdex did, that's why, what we just said. Mm -hmm. So who knows? We shall see. I mean, there's still a lot to be said about in-person networking and being able to to shake hands or at least bump fists or elbows or (laughs) whatever the case. But the sad part, last two years, virtually there wasn't a CES, and nobody cared. Nobody missed it. What do you think? Let us know at 800-899-INTO and visit us at intotomorrow.com. To Tomorrow reminds you, often and regularly, don't forget to back up your important data. Anything that you never want to lose, make copies of. And preferably store an additional copy off-premise somewhere. Grandma's house, uh, whatever the case. And, of course, check your spam filters regularly. You may be surprised what you've missed in emails. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Don't forget, you can hear Into Tomorrow 24-7 on our
4: website and in our free app. Woohoo! We stream the last several weeks of Into Tomorrow nonstop with the help
3: of our friends at streamguys.com. Robert in Miami, Florida listens online. Hey, Robert.
6: I just wanted to give you a big thank you for that Christmas gift of the wireless earbuds. I've always wanted those, and finally, now I have them. I'm going to be using them at work on a daily basis, so I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you very
3: much. Well, you're very welcome. We hope you also use them to listen to us online. Download our free podcast and enjoy. James in Murfreesboro, Tennessee also listens online. Hey, James. I finally got a PS5. I'm trying to figure out what kind of SSD memory expansion I should get for it. Do you have any recommendations we always have recommendations whether they're good or not eh, who knows but sony narrowed down your options as to what you can even consider Only NVMe PCIe 4.0 drives are compatible with the PS5's extension port. Now, those drives come in different form factors, so you'll need to make sure you buy one that fits the expansion slot. That shouldn't be too hard since the form factors are relatively standard, but some will not fit perfectly, so be careful.
4: Yeah, now since this is a console, a heatsink wouldn't be the worst thing to have, so you can look at drives with them uh, built in, like the Western Digital Black 850 which at $140 for a terabyte won't cost you much more than other compatible drives. Wow. Um, now, steer clear of anything with less than 5500 megabits per second write speed. Those just won't work with the PS5.
3: There you go. Well, I hope that helped you out James and again if you need the details, they are in our show notes when you visit us at intotomorrow.com and just look for the show for Valentine's weekend, February 11th, 2022, hour 1, your call and our answer. The show notes are all there for you again at intotomorrow.com.
2: Welcome. Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline.
3: Into Tomorrow continues for the weekend of Friday, February 11th, 2022, Valentine's Weekend. Don't forget your Valentine, or as many of us like to call it, Singles Awareness Day? Yes. Yeah. See, the, in the real holiday is February 15th when all the chocolate is 50% off. Oh, man, you shouldn't be saying that. It's not good for you. You need to lose weight, not gain anymore. Yeah. All right. But yeah, be sure and get me some too. When it's 50% off. Milk chocolate, uh, sometimes yeah. with caramel, my favorites. Yeah. Ooh, stuff with toffee. I like toffee, milk chocolate covered. Okay, now, now I want chocolate started. Did I mention that it's the weekend of Friday, February 11th? I think yeah, I did. That's how we got on this conversation yeah, about that's the true. real holiday. Did I mention it's our 27th year on the air? It is. And they haven't caught up with us, so I guess we'll keep doing it. I don't even know who they are. Yeah, I don't know. But thank you for tuning in. We've got some tech news and commentary, then David and Georgia standing by with a call, and a bunch of others, and lots of cool things to share with you. Make sure we tell everyone what our prizes are. This week, when you call in to participate. Yeah, we need to, because there's some cool stuff you're going to want to participate and win. We brought back some neat things from the Consumer Electronics Show to share with our audience. So we're doing just that. Meantime, I mentioned some tech news and commentary. Yeah,
4: another couple of uh, quick announcements from uh, Samsung. They uh, At their event this past Wednesday, they uh, announced the brand new Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra tablet. Mm, terribly exciting. Yeah, it's very uh, whelming, as you say. You, know, you, yeah. you like to say, you're not, it's not overwhelming, it's not, it's, I mean, it may be a little
3: underwhelming, but it's just whelming. Yeah, exactly. People ask how I am, and I say, I'm whelmed. And they, huh? I'm not overwhelmed or underwhelmed, I'm just whelmed. Yeah. Okay, they expect that from me. But this is a thing with a 14.6-inch OLED screen, which is pretty huge for a little tab, Yeah. and starts at, over $1000 yeah, starts 1100 at, bucks yeah starts at that for that you get a laptop exactly <laughs> why waste your time with a tablet get a one of those convertible laptops that yeah. you can pull off the keyboard and it's a tablet anyway uh-huh. but it's so much easier to deal with they also have the 11-inch Galaxy Tab S8 and the 12.4-inch Tab S8 plus the, those models have 120 hertz refresh rate displays but the bigger one now also has an OLED screen and of course,
4: the tab, the S8 uh, starts at the the budget price of seven hundred dollars, <laughs> and you can have uh, the Plus model for a cool nine hundred bucks. Wonderful. And all, all three of those uh, are running the Android twelve operating system.
3: Well, at least they're smart about that. Yeah. Samsung promised that Google Assistant support would be coming to the Galaxy Watch four, but only specified that it would be soon. Hmm. So, what does that mean? <laughs> Who knows when soon is Well you'd have to ask the Google Assistant, but it won't be but it's not here yet, so you can't. Right. <laughs> well, you can ask it, but you can't ask it on the watch. Right. Because it won't tell you. Yeah. Rumble, a YouTube like video sharing site with looser moderation rules that has become a very popular site with conservatives wants podcaster Joe Rogan to leave Spotify. If you've been following any of that in any of the news, fake news or otherwise, you know that he's had issues because that old fart Neil Young, is he still alive? Uh, Pulled his music because he didn't like what Joe Rogan was doing and, you know, what a clown. I mean, you know, fine, pull your music so nobody can hear it. Who cares if nobody wanted to hear it? And that's funny because I think
4: I told you that reminds me of a funny meme that I saw. It's, you know, people under 30, who's Neil Young? People 30 to 60. Neil Young's still alive? And people over 60. <laughs> what the heck is
3: Spotify? Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Well, anyway, Rumble, this conservative platform, wants Joe Rogan to leave Spotify for a cool $100 million. I don't know where okay. they're getting that kind of money, but the offer made public in a letter from Rumble chief executive Chris Pavlovsky posted to Twitter. Follows Spotify CEO Daniel X letter to employees this past Sunday apologizing for Rogan's use of a racial slur in previous podcast episodes and saying he doesn't believe in silencing him. Good for Spotify CEO. It's about time that somebody for a change just didn't go woke. And said, you know what? Let's all play nice together. You know, he did that many years ago. He apologized for it. Let's move on, huh? And if you don't like what somebody says on a podcast, don't listen to it. Thank you. <laughs> so not only is it Neo Young and these other has-been musicians that are, want to pull their music. Fine. Bye. Well, the, you the know, no... Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, which
4: I, I have Amazon Music and I've seen an, an unusual amount of ads or promos on Amazon Music promoting
3: rediscover Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. You know, a... <laughs> oh, please. Rediscover them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Under 30. Who were they? You know, yeah. what? why would I care? Now, mind you, Rumble's offer comes right after Spotify did remove more than 70, 70 episodes of the Joe Rogan experience, ostensibly because they contained repeated uses of the N word and other offensive language. If you know Joe Rogan, ever heard of him, ever listened to him, he's a wild and crazy guy. I mean, he says what's on his mind. Mm -hmm. If you don't like him, it's like Howard Stern. I could never stand listening to that clown. And so I don't. Well, I don't say you pull him from, where is he now, Sirius XM, Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, you have to pay for radio. Who cares? If you like him, pay for him, listen to him. If you don't, don't listen. Well, the funny part is probably half of Howard Stern's listeners hate him, but they listen because they want to see what he's going to say next. That's true. That's kind of like when Rush Limbaugh was alive. People were hated him, but they would listen religiously because they wanted to know what else they could scream about. So it's kind of bizarre how that's happening. but. So I teased this story last hour.
4: Uh, Meta suggested it may have to shut down Facebook and Instagram in the European Union. They if, should be so lucky. Yeah, if it if it's no longer able to transfer data across the Atlantic between Europe and the U.S. Now, while the suggestion appears to just be posturing, uh, some top politicians in Europe seem almost hilariously unfazed by the proposition. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) They're like, okay, so, and? (laughs) Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, Uh, Meta's suggestion was quietly mentioned in the company's annual report to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission last week. The remarks regard new EU legislation currently being drawn up that would require data processing service providers to set up safeguard against illegal data transfers to non-EU governments. The report reads, quote, if a new transatlantic data transfer framework is not adopted and we are unable to continue to rely on SCCs or rely upon other alternative means of data transfers from Europe to United States, we will likely be unable to offer a number of our most significant products and services, including Facebook and Instagram, in Europe.
3: (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if they're really nervous about that or could care less in the long run. It's like, that's not going to happen. Probably. But it is kind of funny yeah. that the European politicians are laughing about it. Speaking of streaming, as we also were a little while ago, Pandora, the digital music platform owned by Sirius XM. Remember, they bought Pandora a while back. They've been ripping off comedians by streaming their recordings without properly licensing the underlying works. And apparently have been doing so for many years. That according to a bunch of new lawsuits. See, that's another reason to not pay for radio, or Pandora, for that yeah. matter. And I hate when satellite radio people call us types terrestrial radio. We're radio, yeah, free the way it's meant to be. Yeah, because the estates of Robin Williams and George
4: Carlin have filed lawsuits. They're, they're joining uh, complaints from Andrew Dice Clay, Ron White, and Bill Engvall, who allege that they weren't given a fraction of a penny for their work wow. as a result of, of Pandora's willful wrongdoing. Now, as explained by news site Puck, comedians are fighting for recognition of two copyrights on a comedic work, one for writing a joke and another for recording it. Companies have traditionally only purchased licenses for the recordings, not the jokes themselves. Uh, Puck points out that the argument streamers need both has never really been tested in court. So apparently these lawsuits will decide whether or not a streaming service needs to pay for both copyrights, both the writing of the joke and the airing of it, in order to to air it.
3: That's going to be interesting because I do find myself listening to some comedy radio periodically because I enjoy – especially in the car – I want to laugh. You know, you pay more attention with spoken word anything than you do with music in general, at least I do, and it keeps me more alert. Even though if I'm at a traffic light and somebody looks over and they see me loling, you know, they gotta wonder what the heck is he listening to. Well, it's it's usually some comedy radio stuff. But they've got to pay for this. You can't just do it. And of course, it doesn't surprise me that Sirius XM owns Pandora and they're the ones ripping off comedians. Uh-huh. It's like, well, come on, play fair here. Yeah, You're charging for your service and for people to hear these folks. So be fair to those folks yeah and I know that there's a lot of people say, well, they've got these
4: performers have tons of money. they can afford it, but they're not it's more about the principle of the thing because they yeah. only get like these songs that you listen to on these streaming services. An artist may only get like a quarter of a penny for each each time that song is
3: listened to. Mm. So it's not like, you know they're paying a lot of money. A lot of it is the principle of the thing, you know true. You know? well, we've said long ago, many years ago in our twenty seven years on the air that when you can pirate music, why would you do that if you have a favorite group or singer? Why would you want to steal from them? If you like what they do, don't you want them to afford to keep doing it? Uh So pay for it. And let's be reasonable. Don't pay on godly amounts. And the same thing here. I mean, these comics want to be heard. So they have to reach a happy medium here and say, all right, we're not going to be unrealistic, but we want more than nothing. Give us a little something because we wrote these jokes and we're delivering them. And that's wonderful. But, you know, come on.
4: Yeah, it's definitely not fair for these services that are paying, charging their customers, you know, up to, you know, $14, 15 dollars a month for the service, and they're not paying for the content they're they're airing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we were in if we were in that kind
3: of business, we'd be millionaires. Well, that would be nice. Well, let's get into that kind of business, then okay, and see what happens. In an SEC filing, Amazon said it spent thirteen billion dollars on music, movies, and series last year. That was an eighteen percent uptick from twenty twenty. Even when music and live sports are in the mix, Amazon's overall total was significantly lower than Netflix's $17 billion in 2021. Hmm. So Amazon, even with their originals and music and movies whatnot series, only $13 billion. Netflix spent $17 billion last year on creating content. And Netflix doesn't have music, so it tells you how how little they're paying for
4: the music. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Back to our previous story. Kind of works out. And speaking of Amazon, they're, of course, raising the price of Prime in the U.S. from $119 to $139. But wait. You found a way around it. Yeah, you don't have to pay the higher charges. There's a hack available to American Prime subscribers that helps them avoid the price increase, but you've got to move fast to take advantage
3: of it. And, of course, we hear it into tomorrow are always about helping our audience save money. Yes. So
4: you're going to tell them exactly how to do it. Yeah. The price changes on February 18th, so you need to do this before then. Uh, now, Amazon sells gift memberships that you can use to give the membership to someone else, but there's no rule that says it has to be used by someone else. So it's not a dollar amount. It's just... A gift membership. Right. So So whatever the membership happens to be at that time. Right. So what you need to do is purchase a gift membership now at the current rate of $119. Then you want to turn off the automatic renewal on your current Prime membership so that it won't renew at the new higher price. But mark a calendar. Right. So when the time comes to renew your membership, use the code that you got when you purchased the gift membership. Now, using the hack may seem a little crafty, but it's not illegal, so don't feel guilty. Amazon also probably knows about it, but they won't mind people uh, rushing to exploit it since it'll lock in more subscriptions for them, and that's good for business. Well, first of all, don't feel guilty about doing anything to save money with Amazon anyway. Exactly. <laughs> now, you could, in theory, purchase several gift memberships to lock in the rate for several years, but the upfront cost of that would get pretty high.
3: Yeah. I mean, not, I don't know if you want to shell out a grand <laughs> to cover your next several years. Yeah. You may by that time say, screw it, I'm not going to use them anymore. But at least it will save you 20 bucks on your next renewal. That's true. And that's a good hack, a good way around it. And if you missed any of that, then come by and listen to Hour 2 during Tech News uh, at intotomorrow.com. David in Atlanta, Georgia, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcast. Hey, Dave. I'm looking for a solution to log into my dad's iPad remotely. So I could help him, kind of like I do with TeamViewer on my PC, Ah. is there such a thing for the iPad? Unfortunately, David, there is no such thing for an iPad. Tablets and phones sandbox apps and don't allow them to have root access. So there's no way for an app to give you remote access. That would allow you to change settings or even just poke around the way you can do on a PC. Again, without rooting or jailbreaking, if you will, the tablet which can open you up to a whole host of other problems. Not to mention voiding any warranties that might be on the device. Oh, yeah,
4: exactly. Now, your best bet here might be to start a FaceTime call and do a screen share. Uh, You'll need your dad to tap on things, but at least you'll be able to guide him and hopefully help him resolve the issues. As a side effect, having to participate at least in the form of tapping things may educate him on how to troubleshoot these issues and eventually require less involvement from you. So that might be an upside of this
3: limitation. That's true, an upside to you and your dad. Because he's going to pick up on some of the things, hopefully, and remember some of the tips that you give him. But that does kind of make the most sense. And you can do FaceTime and you can share your screen on FaceTime. So that's, I think, the closest thing to what David's trying to accomplish, uh, like using TeamViewer or or GoToMyPC or something of that nature, where you can't take over his machine. Let me know, David, if that works out for you. We'll do some more digging if it doesn't and see if we can't come up with some other solutions or... Our listeners are the best in the world. Stay tuned, because if somebody knows another way around what you're trying to accomplish, do call in and let us know, and we'll share it with everybody, including David. 800-899-INTO, or use the free Into Tomorrow app.
6: Tell us the deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. And let Best Medicare do the work for you. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call Life Care at 800-956-0683.
10: 800-956-0683. 800-956-0683. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888-856-8066 and we'll rush your order, discreetly packaged, to your door. Been thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1-888-856-8066 for as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888-856-8066 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888-856-8066.
3: As Into Tomorrow continues, I'm Dave Graveline. Don't forget to back up your important data and frequently check your spam filters for any important email, not just from us. Anything from Graveline.com, you should certainly allow. So you get our tech newsletter, you get our prize closet announcements for you to participate. I mean, whatever. We don't spam anybody, so you don't have to worry about that. But a lot of folks have been finding interesting emails from friends and family and even work stuck in your spam filters so do check them frequently this portion of into tomorrow is brought to you in part by blueberry podcasting
4: new podcasters may need some help setting everything up blueberry's top-notch support team is ready to help you just like they helped us just go to blubrry.com and who are you I'm Chris Graveline. Oh, okay. Are you sure? Yeah. And soon you'll be chatting with Martin Fishman. He's the director of Strategic Alliances and Enterprise with Joan, a Vision Act company, talking about a workplace system that offers display devices and software for flexible workspaces. We actually have one of their devices installed here at our studio, which kind of helps with our planning. I no longer have to hear, when's our next interview? When's the, you know, because-
3: It displays not, we, we in, in the a, hallway. And, a, a little yeah. ink display on our, on our wall there. We have to include a picture. On the post for this week. That's your responsibility. Make sure it gets done. Okay. So you can get it to Horatio. Okay. All right. Millions of Americans struggle with lower back pain. I know I do. But what if there was an FDA-approved treatment that doesn't involve drugs? Oh, I'm listening. Well, with this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, here's Alfred Poor.
11: Thanks, Dave. Chronic lower back pain affects as many as 16 million Americans. Many seek relief through medication, though prescription painkillers carry risks. A new FDA-cleared treatment uses virtual reality goggles, VR, as part of a program to help patients manage pain. The eight-week program is based on cognitive behavior therapy, CBT, and patients can go through the program on their own at home. The activities take between 2 and 16 minutes to complete. They include sessions on deep relaxation, attention shifting, acceptance, visualization, and healthy movement. It also covers rehab activities. The program has been shown to have lasting effects. Eight months after completing the program, two thirds of the patients in a study reported a 30% reduction in pain. This is yet another demonstration of how wearable devices and VR treatments can help patients manage pain without the need for drugs or invasive procedures. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. Well, thank you, Alfred. Be sure to sign up for his Health
3: Tech Insider free weekly newsletter. Visit HealthTechInsider.com. You'll be glad you did because there's fascinating stuff that he shares every week all about cool tech items as it relates to health. When you participate on the program, we love to send you goodies. And we brought back several cool things to share with you when you participate. And, of course, no promises, no guarantees. Got to remind everyone about that. But do tell us one or more of the following items when you call in. We'll do our best to get one to you. Like the Elite 7 Pro True Wireless Earbuds from Jabra. Oh, how about from Benji Lock? We got several fingerprint padlocks. The key is your finger.
4: From Sylvania, we've got still some of their Smart Plus Wi-Fi light bulbs, so you can control your lights
3: with any mobile device. From Elago, protective silicone cases for Apple TV and Apple TV Siri remotes. Let us know if you've got one and can use one of these. From Soundcore, we've got a portable waterproof Bluetooth speaker. There's lots of cool stuff, and this is just a handful of the things we brought back, so do stay tuned. We've got lots of stuff you want to participate, so please do. Into Tomorrow continues now in our 27th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, websites and apps, all sorts of things available today and Into Tomorrow. I want to remind you that you make the broadcast. We hope you caught all of our previous several weeks of CES coverage. If you missed any of it, We certainly invite you to visit us at intotomorrow.com. Check out not only the radio interviews, but all the videos of all the radio interviews. Because we show you the guests and the products and all the cool stuff and the relatively sparse and empty floors around the convention centers. But the fact is you get to see the stuff. We're talking about, so do visit us. And anytime you've got a question about anything involving consumer tech, maybe something you hear from a previous guest or our next guest, what have you, we invite you to call in. We'll get the answers for you. Participate on the show. Call in. Win stuff, as we say, a fun mantra to go by. You can do that by using your phone if you actually use it as a phone anymore. 1-800-899-INTO. 800-899-4686. Or you can visit us at intotomorrow.com on anything with a browser and a microphone and click that red Ask Dave mic on the lower right and participate that way. Or the ever-popular use of uh, our app. It's free. It's available in your favorite app store. And then you simply hit the button that says Message the Studio. And you sound like you're right here with us in the studio. Our next guest is from a company that created a workplace system that offers display devices and software for flexible workspaces. So that all sounded intriguing. We're delighted to have back with us a gentleman that's been on the program before, the director of strategic alliances and enterprise from a company product basically called Joan, which is part of a Visinect company, is Martin Fishman. Martin, welcome back into tomorrow. How are you doing, sir?
7: I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you so much for having me back.
3: It's a pleasure. It's been a while, I think, since we've had you on the show. You were with another company at the time, but we do run into each other around the world. Remember the good old days when we could all travel freely? Uh, but hopefully we're getting back to that point sometime soon, whatever the new normal is. But uh, glad to connect with you again.
7: Exactly. And and proud to be here. It's been 11 years, and I proudly show on my bookcase uh, in year 16 of the Into Tomorrow event. Wow. I was on your show and glad to have the opportunity to come back and visit our newer technology.
3: Very cool. And for the radio audience who has yet to see the video, which you can see at intotomorrow.com, uh, right behind him is a is a nice uh, picture uh, picture card that we frequently give to our guests on remote broadcasts around the world, and you still have it. I'm very proud. That was our 16th year. Now in our 27th. Holy cow! Took us a while to reconnect, but glad you're back. And thank you for printing it on quality paper that's sustainable. Oh, very good. Yes, I'm I'm even realizing that, too, as it's over your shoulder there. Tell me, first of all, about uh, Visinect as a company. What is it that the company does? And then let's get into Joan.
7: Excellent. So Vision Act, the parent company, which has been in the digital signage business since 2007, has been creating outdoor signage, uh, transportation systems, uh, working with real time scheduling and bus mapping for transportation facilities around the world. We're in Sydney, Australia, and London, New York, Boston, Oregon. Many different places around the world nowadays are using real time digital signage because people are waiting outside, and they're looking for their bus, and they're wondering, when is it coming? What's the status? Well, we display that in real time, showing bus maps, routes, and what have you, doing that all on what we have as a sustainable uh, technology that can be implemented wherever and however. So no longer is electricity a requirement for display technologies. We've been using e-inks, e-paper technology, and we're able to put that anywhere uh, running off battery, ru- running off solar, uh, and this is the new generation of, of uh, green and sustainable types of display technologies.
3: Wow, and of course, what an advantage it is to folks that are waiting for that bus or train or tram or whatever it might be, because rather than just as they've done for the most part and probably most areas still do, it's just a printed schedule and good luck. Hopefully, that's uh, the bus is on time, the train, on time. But to be able to have folks change that in real time, as you say, makes a huge difference and might as well be using technology. That's the whole advantage.
7: Exactly. But back to the question of Vision Act and Joan, Joan really is a uh, completely separate focus of our business. So Joan, the product line is addressing the internal business operations of the workplace and being able to show digital signage, conference room scheduling, real-time information, and now broadening the product line considerably to address the world of hybrid and how people are operating from home, from the office and wherever, and how do we collaborate? while all of that is now being done with digital signage and information and software to manage reservation bookings and systems because this is how we're going to get people re-engaged build their comfort level and confidence level to return at some point to an office but it's a whole new world now the traditional day-to-day office the desk that we once had the way we operated uh in the past now is a paradigm change of how people are operating and I don't want to say I'm afraid, but I do believe that I don't think we're gonna go back to the traditional model of everybody having a desk anymore and Mm -hmm. going to the office every day, nine to five. So we're really pretty involved in an area of the industry that really is helping us to get back to some normalcy post COVID.
3: And I like, uh, of course, that brings in that flexible workspaces, because as you say, it's not a matter of just a desk at home. Uh, It might be the dining room table. It might be the kitchen counter. It might be just your lap in bed uh, as as long as you're able to function And in many cases, that is the case, I think. So uh, folks do have that flexibility. And uh, of course, other companies that are demanding that people get back in the office kind of wonder half the time, do they really need to physically be there? Maybe taking better advantage of the kinds of things that you offer, uh, be more productive for the employee and the employer.
7: Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, the new world that we're addressing and really the attitude and we see the attrition going on in in the employment ranks. Uh, people are now moving out of companies that they may have been with for a number of years. They want to work for an environment and in an environment with people that have trust and confidence that you could get the job done perhaps anywhere. There are certain industries and in manufacturing and other areas that are essential to be in an office or in production. But this new era that we're going into, uh, I do believe that now companies are much more confident in the employee's maturity and how people can responsibly operate from however they can get their jobs done effectively and not necessarily be under the microscope of a supervisor saying, what are you doing now? Or counting the minutes. (laughs) I find even myself, I'm working way more hours sitting in front of a display and working from a home environment than I even would be in the office. Mm -hmm. Two hours of commute time a day are taken off and put back into face-to-face engagement with clients and people all over the world.
3: Yeah, kind of like what we're doing now, to be able to see and talk with each other face-to-face, and that's cool. We're chatting with Martin Fishman. He's the Director of Strategic Alliances and Enterprise for Joan a Vision Act Company, inviting you during this break, if you have a moment, to visit GetJoan.com. And be sure to stay tuned, because there's much more to come with Martin right after this.
10: Attention.
6: Deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and will help you get them. Call 800 901 5093 That's eight hundred-nine zero one-five zero nine three. Eight hundred-nine zero one-five zero nine three. And let Best Medicare do the work for you.
3: And we're back bringing you further into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're chatting with the director of strategic alliances and enterprise with Joan, a VisionEct company, Martin Fishman. So now, yes. what, what or who is Joan? <laughs> so Joan was an original brand. We're really the innovators in the
7: display technology. So when, when I show you now for a moment the Joan devices, Uh, Joan is a product line, and here we are showing you a room scheduler uh, that basically works with every calendar that's popular around the world, Office 365, Google Workspace, and many more. And Joan, the product, is a fully integrated display technology that will allow for you to integrate and work with the calendar for real time booking and how that all operates to keep people together for conference rooms, uh, to know what room is is belonging to you, to not be interrupted when you walk up to a meeting room and you see that people are in the room and you know exactly what the schedule is and and what the function is of, of the device all of this is done in real time and showing you visibly uh, what is happening in that room for scheduling and it's all synchronized to your calendar one of the areas that makes our solution so differentiated than lcd technology because we are addressing a a common uh, marketplace of products uh, that is lcd based is our e-paper implementation so this is all a wireless display it is operating on six months of battery life. Wow. It, it attaches to a wall or a glass front simply by peeling off the adhesive, putting it on a on a mount of any sort or a glass surface. Think about how attractive that is to not have to have conduit or wiring yeah. running yeah. into your device, okay? And this just simply mounts on the magnet and you're rolling in a matter of no time at all uh, as a management tool and a collaboration tool. And that's just one major part of our work- workplace differentiated technology,
3: Dave. I, I can actually imagine something like that outside the studio uh, for guests that come in and it'll say, welcome into tomorrow and their name, I'm guessing. I mean, you can c- completely customize it, right? And it's then change cool. it just like the uh, the tablet, again, for our radio audience, the tablet type device that you're holding up uh, says, uh, Joan, into tomorrow interview with Dave Graveline for Mark. Uh, And he's and he made the interview and it's all on time and we're both here and and it worked very well. But even for the simple signage, uh, it's just kind of a welcoming thing where you're not doing it on paper or printing a poster or making some physical guest feel good because you, you put a paper up you now have it even better with technology so i'm I, i'm liking that e ink as well uh, because it is completely customizable right could you even put somebody's logo on it if you needed to oh or, yeah well, yes very cool yes
7: exactly so right where you see the placement of our our product and and i'm just showing you the logo here yeah uh, that's all very uh, customizable. This is a touchscreen technology. There's three ways to book a, um, a room today or book a meeting. You can do it through the Google Calendar or Office Calendar, right. or you can do it physically on a Joan app or uh, easily right on the fly, right on the display itself. So wow. so this is where the interactive nature of now room management is taking place. So that's that's really one critical, essential part of getting back to the office. People want to engage with each other, they may not just go to a desk any longer in the office, but they may want to schedule a way to meet and get back to some collaboration with management, supervisor, their peers. And this tool makes it so much easier to do that without having to run conduit and wire. So you're up and running literally
3: that day when you were, when you receive the device. So I'm assuming then that you you'd simply pop it off its magnetic holder uh, and then do you, you then plug it in or you say it's wireless so you don't even need to take it off I guess if you need to change a name because now it's the afternoon and there's a different guest coming or something like that
7: no need to take it off other than when you need to recharge it after about a six-month cycle. Wow. And, and making it really easy for facilities and logistics, mm-hmm. this is the latest innovation and what we talked about at CES. So this debuted at CES. Okay. Uh, this product line now, our newest advancement, is a very smart, intelligent way. You'll notice this magnet has these connectors on it. Yeah. The magnet knows exactly the room it belongs to, So when and if you gather it after six months, put it back on the smart magnet, it knows exactly what room it belongs to and no need to do anything other than power it and recycle it after about a six month cycle. So it makes it really easy and efficient to do for that mobility and ease of of
3: production. Wow. I'm beginning to see now how Joan is a leader in this whole workplace management and the digital signage marketplace. Uh, And it sounds to me like it works for all kinds of businesses and opportunities. It might even work in one's home if you want to do something like that to to greet a guest or or maybe uh, to list chores for the kids. I mean, even that sounds possible.
7: Put it on your refrigerator, put it on your front door, greet your FedEx or UPS delivery guy with a message that says, Uh. please put the container or box in a container that's gonna be secure. So this real-time digital messaging, and I'm gonna turn around here to another device that we have, our 13-inch product, this is really allowing that just-in-time information, not only a room scheduler, but all of this content management can be customized right here on the fly and cycle that through and what have you. So we're really trying to use this as a communication easily mobile device that you can place and play anywhere. That's our our mantra.
3: Now, do we use an app uh, or a computer? I mean, you talk about wireless connectivity. That's terrific. But how do we then get the information, make those changes, that sort of thing real quick?
7: Excellent. So real quick, we're going to do that in a calendar. First of all, we're going to schedule events in the Google Workspace calendar or Office 365. We're able to do that on our mobile app and that coordinates and synchronizes with the calendar, Mm -hmm. Uh, or you can go right up to the display itself. Oh. The administrator in a business would have the access to being able to do any kind of digital signage, as you can see here, and change that whole screen and layout. out all of that content is customizable on the fly.
3: Are these things available now, and, and what kind of price points for folks interested?
7: Excellent, so thank you. Uh, the product is available now. We sell through a channel. We have our traditional resellers and retailers. Uh, companies like Amazon, CDW, SHI, Connection. many of the direct marketing resellers sell our product line, and that's our hardware. Dave, if I would, I'd be remiss to not point out the most critical part of the next generation of our product line, which is the hoteling and hybrid and desk reservation systems. Uh. So we also are providing today for every enterprise and small to medium business, what will be a reservation system for booking desk, for showing visibly what's available, who is coming into the office, Uh, This also includes our reservation booking and health screening forms for dealing with every day, making sure people are healthy and well and doing this to qualify their return to the office daily. Uh, and visitor management. So all of that contact tracing and history is essential nowadays to be able to build comfort and confidence so that when my spouse is going into an office, I feel confident that she's going to be protected and that company is taking care of her. And that's what the Joan Workplace Solution is all about.
3: Terrific. I like how employees and companies are being helped now from you guys to adapt to our new norm as we're continuing to learn what that is. And you could be in good company, the likes of Sen and Dell, Microsoft, Siemens, Sony, Samsung, NASA. Uh, perhaps you might be adding the Into Tomorrow logo to your page at some point, too. But do visit GetJoan.com. Martin Fishman, Director of Strategic Alliances and Enterprise with Joan, a Vision Act company. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Cool stuff. And uh, keep coming out with things that are helping a whole lot of companies and their employees. And we'll keep talking about them.
7: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dave. And to your listeners, stay well and look forward to
3: Into Tomorrow. Oh, very good. Thank you, sir. We're back with more Don't Go Away, as Into Tomorrow continues right here on the Advanced Media Network. Welcome back Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave
4: Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite Internet. Text RADIO to 35000. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000.
3: Joe, who says he's calling from the United States, or actually emailing, listens on AM 920, The Answer. So we're going to assume perhaps he's in the Atlanta area. He says I
4: use an app downloaded to my Fire Stick and phone that gives me all the programs I ever wanted. If it's on any paid subscription, I have it. Sports, all of it. Canada channels, all of it. I pay them, the company with the app, twenty five dollars a month. So if there is pirates, it's them. I pay them, I don't know how they do it. I was tired of being ripped off by other companies. Am I a pirate? What's your opinion? Oh P.S. There are thousands, if not millions, like me that use similar apps. Well, Joe,
3: yes, you most likely are a pirate. And if anyone decides to come after you, which is not super likely, they won't care that you're paying. The number of people doing this won't help you much either. There are countless music and movie pirates that still get sued by record companies and movie studios regularly. So if the app you're using gets popular enough, they could still come after you as well. Yeah, You might want to look into masking your use from your ISP. That's
4: typically how pirates are found out. We won't tell you how, though, because that's illegal, too. Yeah, unfortunately
3: it is. But you can search. Search it up and find out. And meantime, for more about everything else involving consumer tech, visit us at intotomorrow.com.
2: Welcome, Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services, and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline.
3: Our 27th year on the air. Thanks for tuning into tomorrow. This for the weekend of Friday, February 11th, 2022. Valentine's weekend or Singles Awareness Day weekend. Yes. Either, either one. Whatever you're celebrating, we thank you for tuning into tomorrow. As the announcer dude said, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. You sure? Yeah. All right. Have we reminded you yet this hour? I don't think so because we just started this hour. To always check your spam filters. Because you never know what important emails might be stuck there. And back up your important data frequently and regularly. Am I being repetitive and redundant? Yes. Well, that's a good thing when you talk about backup. And the other important tip we should add to all this, because it's
4: just as important, is to make sure all of your operating systems are always updated. Your phone operating system, your computer operating system, because... At least with computers, you know, any PC, Microsoft sends out security updates every week, which tells you how secure their their system is anyway (laughs) if they have to release security updates
3: every week. Very true. Sad, but true. We got Samuel Jackson. No, I mean Samuel in Jackson, Tennessee, (laughs) waiting in a few minutes after tech news and commentary. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission voted to revoke the authorization for China Unicom's U.S. unit to operate here in the United States citing national security concerns. The agency's four commissioners voted unanimously to revoke the license for the American subsidiary of China Unicom, saying the company could access or reroute American communications and engage in spycraft. Spycraft. Not spying, but spycraft. The commission also accused China Unicom, one of China's largest mobile service providers, of misleading the agency and Congress. The FCC has also started similar revocation proceedings against two other Chinese companies, Pacific Networks Corp. and ComNet USA, LLC. So when we tell you, don't be using Huawei phones and things like that, or in this case, Unicom services, there are good reasons for that. Well, it's exactly why you know all the, the Olympic athletes were told to use burner phones while yeah. they were over there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what do you think that is? There, it's it's for your own safety, and people will say, "Yeah, but I, I don't have anything to hide." Well, that's not the point. They can get into your phone, and get yeah, into your and computer. If you've got
4: any passwords or mm-hmm. credit card numbers or anything stored in your phone, all that's fair game.
3: Yeah, it's not like you're going to be sexting and you and somebody's worried about who the, what they're going to see or something. No, it has nothing to do with it. Although they may get a few chuckles out of yeah. those things. Well,
4: it's like, it's like I've always said: if people want to get into my phone and look at my pictures, or get into my computer and see my browsing history, <laughs> more power to them. Yeah, they're going to
3: see how boring my life really is. So <laughs> cheeky. Oh, my gosh. Shopping on TikTok, WeChat, Facebook, and other anti-social media platforms is on track to grow—wonderful—from $492 billion last year to $1.2 trillion by 2025, creating growth potential for small and newer brands, that according to an Accenture survey— Millennial and Gen Z consumers are forecast to generate 62% of that growth, while China currently leads the trend with 80% of social media users shopping on corresponding platforms. Hmm. Have you ever shopped uh, well, first of all, you don't do much anti-social media anyway, no. but you go to TikTok. If you never bought anything on TikTok no, if, or if, Facebook? If,
4: if I scroll to a video on TikTok and I see that little buy button or shop button, I just I, I say, oh, that's an ad. I just go right past it. <laughs> it just I, try to, I try to get through those ads as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah. And the same thing with Twitter. You know, if it, look underneath the, the tweet, and if it says promoted, it, of course, it's an ad. Keep going unless you really are interested. But watch that from WeChat, which is mostly a thing in China. Uh, Facebook, but all other social media is really jumping on that. Well, at $492 billion just last year on just those social media platforms, they're making it killing. Uh-huh. So don't let you be part of that killing. Yeah. <laughs>
4: So uh, going back to my point about making sure that all your operating systems are updated. According to a report from ZDNet, Apple's release of iOS 15.4 Beta 2 fixes a bug that may have recorded interactions with Siri on some devices, regardless of whether you opted out. The bug, which was first introduced in iOS 15, automatically enabled the improved Siri and dictation setting that gives Apple permission to record, store, and review your conversations with Siri. Apple told ZDNet that they have since deleted any recordings collected in connection with the bug, because, mm-hmm. of course, you can trust when Apple says that. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, and uh, the company apparently reportedly turned off the feature for many users when it released iOS 15.2, but they say they fully fixed the bug in the second beta of iOS 15.4.
3: Interesting. So, again, make sure your iOS devices are updated. Yeah. All your OS's is yeah, whatever it might be, whether it's Apple or PCs
4: or otherwise. The only the only thing you should wait I think in my opinion on updates are the major updates. If they go, go from like an iOS 15 to iOS 16, give that one a few days to, <laughs> to see what everybody else says and see
3: True. How to get the bugs worked out, but you if, don't want to be the guinea
4: pig right, on those. But if 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 it's the same version you
3: have but a different point number, mm-hmm. do it cuz it's most likely going to be security updates. As we saw in person, digital health technology was on display this year at CES 2022. It included apps and wearable monitors that support mental and behavioral health care, digital therapeutics, weight management systems, sleep monitoring technology, and even an infant monitoring system. Expert panels discussed how to use health technology to support health equity, bias in artificial intelligence, mental health, And several other topics. So even though they were all poorly attended, because CES itself was so poorly attended, there was still a lot of that kind of health tech on display, most of which you hear every week on the show when our health tech correspondent, Alfred Poor reports on cool new health tech. The Internal Revenue Service
4: is dropping a controversial facial recognition system that requires people to upload video selfies when creating new IRS online accounts. The agency said, "Quote: "...the IRS announced it will transition away from using a third-party service for facial recognition to help authenticate people creating new online accounts. The transition will occur over the coming weeks in order to prevent larger disruptions to taxpayers during filing season. During the transition, the IRS will quickly develop and bring online an additional authentication process that does not involve facial recognition." Of course, privacy and civil rights advocates and lawmakers from both major parties have objected to the system. The IRS wasn't demanding the ID.me verification for filing tax returns, but it was requiring it for accessing related services, such as account information, applying for payment plans online, requesting transcripts, and the child tax credit update portal. So if they're not going to do that, facial recognition, which is pretty secure... What are they going to do? That's what they're saying. They're, they're now coming up with the, an alternative to the facial recognition. Yeah, probably some other kind of capture where you're going to have to, you know, select uh, everything that contains a bus or something. No. You know?
3: <laughs> but that doesn't prove it's yeah, you. This is true. So that's the problem. It's your identity that they're trying to verify. It may go back to the the way it was years ago. I remember
4: when um, in the early days of the Internet, the only way to verify identity was to put in like your credit card information. And then, Uh you know, apparently then like we'll charge a penny and then take it back or
3: something. But yeah, Yeah, once you verify that it was received and I don't know, that's interesting. We'll see. Perhaps finally an advantage to the home of having an electric vehicle. Ford's new electric F-150 Lightning has a bi-directional battery and the ability to store 131 kilowatt hours of energy that can provide emergency power to a home for up to three days. The intelligent backup power system can turn on automatically should the grid go down. I read a story a
4: couple of months ago about how that saved a wedding. Really? It was a wedding, I think it was at the reception at night, and the, the reception hall apparently lost power. Mm-hmm. One of the people attending the wedding had one of those F-150 electric vehicles, went out, got the truck, plugged lights or whatever, and, and I guess music into the truck, and saved the wedding party.
3: Wow. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Yeah. Of course, then he couldn't drive anywhere because his truck had no more juice. Right.
4: Of course, I also wondered when I was reading it whether that was a real story or if it was like a PR f- you know, story kind of sent out
3: by Ford. Ah, see, so it could have been that. Yeah. You never know. More and more vehicle companies are charging subscriptions you want to remote start your car you got to pay eight nine ten bucks a month to do it or so i mean come on people you know you're spending a lot of money on a new car to begin with and then they want to nickel and dime you to death on these subscription things just to have a little other benefit here and there. They well, should include that. Yeah. I agree. But that's that's where at least, you know, you hope companies like
4: Directed don't go anywhere with, with their Viper systems and, yeah. and other remote start systems that you can at least add into the vehicle
3: afterwards. That's true. I mean you pay a monthly fee for that, but that's because the connection is via LTE. So it's a cell phone connection. But you're basically paying for the monthly cell phone service to be able to go in and do various things.
4: Right. Well, and I think with the Viper
3: system, you can even use it without the subscription because yeah, you know, you, it, you just have to be closer to the vehicle because then it's using
4: RF from the remote.
3: Right. Yeah, the remote works for up to a mile away. But if you want to use the app and start your car from halfway around the world or something, yeah, then you've, you've got to subscribe. But it, I just think it's these big companies yeah, that are taking such advantage of us consumers. They're looking for every way they can to make a, make a penny off you. Yeah, it's, it's just sad. As if fake book isn't intrusive enough in our lives, their parent company, Meta, is developing the AI Research Supercluster. This is a supercomputing system using artificial intelligence technology. NVIDIA and Pure Storage are working with Meta to build the cluster, which is meant to power their Metaverse applications. Wonderful. Hmm. So they are already intrusive. Now they're going to be even more intrusive. Right. Call of Duty fans who've been worried
4: what Microsoft's pending $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard means for the future of that franchise on PlayStation can breed easy. Microsoft President Brad Smith wrote in a blog post, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. He says we're also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business. You think? I think
3: they're just saying that to try to get the approval to, to, for
8: the acquisition.
3: Of course. You know, they're going to obviously say, no, of course, it's a win-win-win. Trust us. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime somebody says, trust us, you know there's a problem. Now, of course, they didn't say that it won't cost more on those other platforms, yeah. which, of course, is is always possible. That's, and very likely, yeah. as a matter of fact. Samuel in Jackson, Tennessee, listens online and participating, we love you for it, with the free into tomorrow app. Hello, Samuel.
0: I have a question regarding my outside security cameras. I can view them inside of my mobile app on my smartphone, but I was wondering if there's a way that I can somehow view them on my laptop at home. I can't find any information from the manufacturer. Thank you, you guys are great. Keep up the good work.
3: Well, thank you for those kind words, Samuel. Unfortunately, we won't be able to tell you without knowing the make and model of your cameras. The real answer is that any camera can be broadcast to an app, has the capability to broadcast to a browser, and that's most likely how it was tested during development, for example. But whether that ability is exposed to the end user is another matter. Yeah. Some manufacturers send all of their data straight
4: to their servers with no options to reach the local network. And they do that to make it easier for an end user to access the cameras from anywhere. Others do it to be able to charge a subscription fee to make them available anywhere, kind of like we were talking about with the, the vehicles. Yeah, whatever. of course. Yeah. Oh, you want to see that? That'll cost you. Yeah. And, now, and of those, only some will provide an app. Others will allow you to log into their website and see the camera.
3: Now, there are others that will allow you to play back the video on your home network without requiring that it go out anywhere else. Those can typically be played easily on laptops, but require more of a setup on mobile apps. Think setting up servers and ports and port forwarding rather than just logging in. Yeah, now, depending on which cameras you bought, the manufacturer
4: may fall into any of these uh, subcategories. So without knowing more, we won't be able to tell you if you can access your cameras from a laptop. But if the manufacturer isn't advertising the feature, odds are it doesn't exist.
3: Yeah, we, we frequently test many different cameras and systems here in our studios. For example, we've got uh, Link, which is currently one of my favorites because it follows motion. So I had somebody in my office the other day, and I had the monitor on, on a laptop, and just have it there so I can keep an eye on our cars, for example, and she says, your camera just moved. I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, because it does that. It follows (laughs) cars going by, or action, or somebody approaching the walkway, or what have you. Uh, So Reolink is one that not only can I see on an app on my phone, but also, in this case, as Samuel's asking, on my laptop or tablet.
4: Yeah, that's uh, why as I'm, as I'm leaving all the time and it's following me, I always shoot at a peace sign. Yeah.
3: You know. uh, funny, I don't see two fingers, uh, more <laughs> than one finger. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always a peace sign. Right, right, right. Um, now, there are others, too. We have an eagle eyes system that frequently goes down. But we can access that on a mobile phone or a computer. You can bring it up on a browser. Uh, so when we're talking, Samuel, about needing to know the make and model, uh, that's often the case. Um I don't think we can ever bring up any of the Ring cameras on a browser, for example. I think it's only using the Ring app. If I'm not mistaken. I've, I want to say I brought
4: my Ring cameras up on a browser. Did in the you? Yes. Okay. I mean, you,
3: they're,
4: since they're generally battery powered cameras, it's not something you can leave on all the time. Right. But you can just right. bring it up and see
3: quickly what it is. Okay. The, the, the I, live I just not have, have not done that with the couple of Ring cameras that don't work half the time anyway. Um, or the Simply Safe camera that works about 25% of the oh time. Oh, <laughs> God. Simply Safe. What a joke. You know, they're, they're really simply stupid, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, because don't invest in Simply Safe, folks. You know, that's that's money wasted, for sure. Um, but we do have a couple of other cameras. What's another one that I'm thinking of? Oh, EasyViz. Yeah. Uh, EZVIZ. E-Z-V-I-Z. Uh We can open on in a browser, as well as on the app. So, again, you see the point we're trying to make here, that depending on the camera make and model, whether or not you could also view it on a laptop. For more details, be sure to check us out at intotomorrow.com.
6: deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093 and let Best Medicare do the work for you. What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use and I don't have to
7: worry about my pills or get distracted and forget did I take that pill or not because it reminds me. It
5: alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a
8: caregiver.
1: Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone.
8: I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device.
5: Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it,
3: you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800 2715 Call now.
11: Welcome back to Into Tomorrow. I'm Cameron Graveline. We really love getting more app calls, so please let us hear you on the show. Now, here's Dave.
3: Wow. I always get so motivated when I hear Cameron uh, tossing it back to us from a commercial break. And, you know, when he talks about uh, calling and participating, you got to be reminded. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. You de-aged him. I did. But I love that one. That's (laughs) got to be my favorite little piece. Because he's just so cute. What can I say? By the way, I'm his grandfather, Dave Graveline. I'm his father, Dave Graveline. and Don't forget. D- you're, you're his father, Dave Graveline? <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah.
4: Okay, well, I'm his father, Chris
3: Graveline. Okay, just D- straighten that out. Dave
4: is my middle name. Yeah. So I was kind of right. Anyway, um, don't, don't forget. Yeah, it's been a long show. Don't forget you can hear Into Tomorrow 24-7 on our website and in our free app. We stream the last several weeks of Into Tomorrow nonstop with the help of our friends at StreamGuys.com. Stay tuned. We'll be chatting soon with Carl Holler. What's this we stuff? You are going to talk to him? I'm the silent partner. I'll be sitting quietly. (laughs) So you'll be chatting with Carl Holler. He's a partner with IBM Consumer Center of Competency. He'll be talking about advancements such as AI as well as what's
3: next for the retail industry. Really pretty cool stuff. So if you're curious about how you are likely to be shopping soon, you want to stay tuned for that interview coming up after the next break. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
8: History major. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this look back at IFA's historic
2: past. Here's Chris
3: Grave live. IFA history, IFA, 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 history. IFA. IFA, history. In
4: 1936, at the Olympic Games in Berlin, the first electronic camera was tested named Television Canon. The lens alone weighed about a hundred pounds, and the whole camera was about six feet long. Wow. The images were received in 28 television parlors. As this was deemed insufficient, another technology during the Games saw a world first, the projection onto big screens. Wow. Two halls were equipped with TV projection. More than 100,000 people watched the Olympics on the big screens and another 50,000 in the TV parlors. That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com.
3: Do you have a picture of that on this week's uh, tech history? Uh, I don't think no, so. No, because it's EFA history. Yeah. But yeah, what a shame, because it's a really cool-looking camera with a humongous heavy lens. And just
4: think, the resolution on that wasn't anywhere near the resolution on the camera you carry in your pocket that's inside your phone. Yeah, well, of course
3: not. <laughs> that, that's pretty bizarre. We were talking about uh, your son, Cameron, and his fun announcements.
11: Hey, everyone. Cameron Graveline here. Remember, call in Winstuff. Thank you.
3: See, that's more current, but yeah. this is still my favorite. Call in, uh, win stuff. Thank you. I kind of get the idea that people should call in and win stuff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> because we got tons of stuff, so do just that. Welcome back into tomorrow. Dave Graveline with you. And now our 27th year bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, be they products or services, gadgets or gizmos, whatever the case is. It's evolving technology. We cover it here on into tomorrow. And we love it when you participate. So join us anytime at your leisure, especially if you hear something from one of our guest segments. And you want to know more? We'll get the answers for you. Join us any number of cool, easy ways. Perhaps one of the easiest these days is to visit our website at intotomorrow.com. And on the right hand side, lower right, depending on if you're on a phone versus a computer, you'll see a little Ask Dave microphone button. Click that, and on any device with a browser and a microphone, you can ask Dave, make a comment, ask a question, help another listener, whatever the case. Or, of course, you can use the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app available wherever you get your apps. Or the old-fashioned way still works. Do you use your phone as a phone? Some some people do. You can call 800-899-INTO anytime, 24-7. 899 4686 The pandemic changed consumers' preferences and retailers' approach, for that matter, to commerce. Our next guest is here to talk about what's next for the industry IBM Computer Center of Competency. He is a partner there, Carl Holler. Carl, welcome back into tomorrow. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you today? Doing fine, thank you. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, How do you think, in general, the pandemic has changed the way consumers shop? Certainly, we've talked over the years, the last couple of years, about so much more online, but what's your take on it these days?
0: So, um, it's a great question, Dave, and we actually just completed a global study of 20,000 consumers in 28 countries around the world. So we've got a pretty good handle on what's been changing over the last couple of years. I would say. Um, One of the things we've seen is that shopping habits that many consumers adopted out of necessity, you know, 18 months ago, have now started to become normal or commonplace. One of those is something we call hybrid shopping. And that's shopping actually very similar to how you just described how consumers can get in touch with you. It's really any way you want. It might be an old-fashioned way like going to the store and, you know, walking up and down the aisles and putting stuff in your basket and taking it home. It might be pure online, but increasingly it's stuff that blends the, on- the in-store and the online, the mm-hmm. physical and the digital. So maybe it's shopping online or on an app but going to the store for pickup or going to the store to have it put in cur- in, in the trunk of your car, the curbside pickup method. Um, maybe you're in a store and you're buying things and you'll go ahead and complete your purchase there, but you have other things to do. You don't want to walk around with bags. You don't want to load them in your car. So you you arrange to have all those things that you bought delivered to at a future time. Or maybe it's a, you know, a 60-inch TV that you can't fit in your car, <laughs> but you wanted to see what it looks like And you want to go and get that, have that delivered from you, you know, later that day, the next day, in a week, whenever is convenient. That's hybrid shopping in a nutshell.
3: And great examples that I think all of our audience can relate to in many of the ways that you shared. What role do you think their preference for sustainability has played in in all of the various folks' shopping decisions and, for that matter, brand preferences as well?
0: Yeah, this is another thing that continues to go up. And, you know, I, we didn't ask this in our survey, but I have a hunch all of us sitting at home ordering online, getting those stacks of boxes showing up outside our door, has made us really think more about sustainability. And we did find that um, almost two thirds of consumers in our study say they're willing to change their buying habits to reduce environmental impact. So, sustainability is really top of mind. Half of consumers. Say they're willing to pay more for sustainable products and brands and one of the things we also saw in our study is that there is a gap between what we will what we say will do and what we actually do um, academics will call this the intention action gap or sometimes it's called the say do gap hmm. and what we found is that with regard to sustainability it's the same thing so you know we asked people well, we'll what would you do? Would you buy? Would you pay more? You know, how much more would you pay? You know, and those are those were really big numbers. We also asked them, "Tell me about your last shopping trip," and we found that, despite the fact that over 60% of consumers, you know, are willing to change their their habits or say they're willing to change their habits, less than one third said that sustainable products made up more than half their last purchase. You know, and that's when. That that intention-action gap, you know, if you want to see it live and in action, you go to the grocery store and you see someone standing there, you know, looking at the gallon jugs of milk. You've got the regular milk, you know, near me, regular milk might be three to four dollars a gallon. And then you've got the organic milk. And organic milk might be five dollars, maybe even six dollars a gallon, depending on the brand. That intention-action gap is me thinking, hey, I'm a good person, I'm sustainable, I recycle. I compost. I want to shop sustainability, but I can't quite get over the hump of paying an extra dollar for a gallon of milk. Yeah, um, and that's that tension, and we all go through that with lots of products. And for some people, and again, this was something we studied in our survey, for some people, it it, it has to be the same price, has to be the same quality, has to be the same selection. They won't they won't make that choice almost half of consumers, this is a group, it's 44% of consumers around the world, largest segment we studied, um, we call them purpose-driven consumers. um, And this has grown greatly in the last couple of years. Um, They choose products and brands based, primarily based on how well those brands and products align with their own personal values. Um, For these consumers, a lot of that intention action gap can be closed by giving them more and better information. Tell them how the products were made. Tell the story. Show me the farmer. Show me the cow, if it's, if it's in the case of milk. Tell me what makes the good, this product sustainable. Tell me how my purchase, how my spending that extra dollar makes a difference. Maybe it makes a difference to the company, to a community, to an individual worker or farmer. Maybe it makes a difference to the planet. You know, help help make it real to me. And for those purpose-driven consumers, that's often enough to get them over the edge, um, tip the balance, I should say, toward making a sustainable purchase.
3: I like your examples, Carl. I can I can almost see instead of uh, you know a lost child on the side of a carton, I can see Bessie the cow, and the milk in this carton came from me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, exactly. But I could exactly. see how or, th- yeah that would. Or ch- it's
0: a it's a you know it's a barcode or a QR code yeah. that, that a video pops up on your phone, and you and you hear the story about the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean all those things are very possible now.
3: Yeah. Now, of course, we hear a lot lately about supply chain and, and more to meet demands and so forth. I'm wondering, how are the retailers changing the customer experience?
0: Yeah. So we've seen, you know, more innovation across retail, across customer experience, across supply chain. Say we've seen more innovation in the last two years than we've seen in the 20 years that came before it. You know, a, a, the thing, one of the themes that we talk to, uh, talk to our clients about is, is an idea that says, look, you've got to embrace the and. You can't live in an or world, in mm-hmm. a world where you're always making these trade-offs. You can't just be you know, uh, uh, low cost and efficient, or you can be agile, but at a high cost. You've got to figure out ways to do both because the, the consumer is demanding everything. In fact, the title of our study is Consumers Want It All. Um, and it's really up to retailers and brands to deliver that, and increasingly, and you know, good thing for IBM, increasingly that's coming through uh, better leverage of technology.
3: Very interesting. And obviously, since we're both very much into technology, what role has tech played in that transformation?
0: That it's it's played. I can't think of a role that technology hasn't played. Good, me either. Um, <laughs> Because it, you know, and, and I and I, I see your show, and you know, I know you cover a lot of technology, and you're probably up to speed on, and your listeners are probably up to speed on things like, you know, AI and blockchain and virtual reality and 5G and IoT and crypto, you know, and all those things that frankly, to most consumers are just buzzwords.
3: Yes. Um,
0: what, I, what we see happening now, and, and IBM is really betting on this, uh, on a lot of this, on AI, on hybrid cloud, on a lot of these next-gen technologies, what we believe is that at least for larger businesses, these new technologies that most really didn't exist in any big way five years ago, if we play it five years forward, they're going to be as commonplace as things like spreadsheets, email and powerpoint are today. Wow. And they're not just going to be technology, they're going to be connected to how we as humans work, you know, saving us time and effort in our jobs and you know frankly delivering things that we used to watch in, you know, shows like Star Trek 20 years ago.
3: Oh, yeah. And we've already begun seeing some of those things. And it's like those of us that are old enough to hearken back and say, oh, my gosh, (laughs) we actually saw that so many years ago. And it's now coming to fruition. Uh, What do you think, Carl, consumers actually want? I mean, you've had such an extensive survey. It always amazes me. But what do you think consumers want from retailers and brands this year, now that we're into this new year?
0: You know, I think again, we titled the study consumers want it all. <laughs> they they want, they want everything. Now, the interesting thing is that all isn't the same. You know, your wanting it all is not the same as my wanting it all. And one of the things I think consumers are getting frustrated at is all of this information that we enter in on brands' websites and that we tell people when we're in a, talking to them on the phone in a contact center or that, we tell them in the store and all our purchase history. And yet for many, you know, the shopping experience isn't any more personalized and it doesn't feel any more individualized. And some of the stores are still out of stock on the same stuff every week. Yeah, And and we just wish like this could be better. And I think it's a lot of that connecting of the dots of information um, that that consumers are expecting. You know, how many times have you said to someone, look, I'm in your system. But the, the reality is for many retailers and brands, it's not a system, it's 20 systems. And so bringing that information together to make better decisions for consumers, to make better decisions for employees and workers, and just better operations and a more well-run company, that, that's where we see a lot of this going.
3: Wow. Enlightening as always, Carl Holler. Great to have you with us again. Always look forward to chatting with you. Partner with IBM Consumer Center of Competency. You can visit the site where this goes into a lot more detail about how consumer demands are shifting. Check out ibm.com slash ibv, as in Institute for business value. We'll get you there, too, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Carl, thanks again so much for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Great to be with you. And we're back with more as Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline, right here on the Advanced Media Network.
5: I'll keep it.
3: Call 800 613 That's 800-613-2715. 800
9: Call now. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663.
3: Again, 1-800-460-1663.
6: United we stand. One eight hundred seven eight one six seven six four.
3: We welcome you back into tomorrow. On
1: air, on air. Online.
2: Online. online, on now. On
3: now. On now. Wow. And we are on now, not only on your favorite local radio station, if you're listening that way, we hope you are, but also on our free podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, because we're everywhere. Are we not? We are. We're everywhere. You just can't hide from us, or we can't hide from you, or I don't know, something like that. And, of course, also our 24-7 stream, which you can pick up at intotomorrow.com, or even better, at your leisure from the Into Tomorrow app that is free in your favorite app store. Yes. And you can listen anytime, like, while you're driving. We stream the last seven weeks' worth of shows. So if you hear us say, Merry Christmas, well, that may have been within that seven weeks ago. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever the case. Anyway, welcome back Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This
4: portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast. It'll be easy for most Into Tomorrow listeners. Plans start at just $12 a
3: month. Go to com. Blueberry without the E's.
9: There you go. You
3: can do that. Brad in Tyler, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Brad.
9: I currently have a phone that is needing to be upgraded, and I'm thinking about going to a wearable only and not even having a phone. Hmm. Are there any wearables, like watches, that are all-encompassing, where that would be an easy transition to make? I text a lot and use my phone quite a bit.
3: Well, Brad, yes and no. (laughs) Sorry to be so vague, but you can get watches that can have their own mobile connection And they are able to send text messages and make voice calls or even do things like stream music or make NFC payments. There are several problems, though. Their mobile plans typically assume that they're an add-on to a phone's plan. So you'll need to tack your watch onto something or someone's phone in order to get it. Now, making calls and responding to texts using your voice works reasonably well but it's a pain if you do it day to day. Think about how many times you text someone back in a crowded environment. Do you really want to be dictating all of your responses aloud to your wrist? Yeah, especially if you're dictating, you know, something that's uh, not for public well, here, yeah. Like, Happy Valentine's Day, honey. Yeah. Uh, people around you are going to go, oh, that must be nice. Yeah. Uh, you'll also
4: most likely want to carry Bluetooth earbuds with you at all times. Now, they're not strictly necessary, but trying to have a phone call with a speaker and a microphone at your wrist is not great. Um, again, you'll be broadcasting your call to everyone around you, but also in louder environments, it'll be hard to hear what the other person is saying. Now, You'd be better off with a $30 Android phone or even a flip phone than an expensive wearable
3: if what you want really is to just make phone calls and texts. And And I got to tell you, Brad, I remember many years ago, my very first smartwatch, I took my first call on it, walking into a Target, my watch rang, and I lifted my wrist and spoke into my wrist to answer. People were staring at me. It was really funny. It was like I've turning around and people were like following me around. How's he doing that? Because they weren't very popular then. It was the very first one. And it was cool, except that I had to prop my arm up the whole time. I was putting it on my shoulder so I could actually talk into the phone. So you want to think about those kinds of things as well. Let us know what you end up doing and how it works out for you. It'll help other listeners all the way into tomorrow.com. As Into Tomorrow continues, and of course, we hope you didn't miss any of our three hours. If so, visit us at intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline.
4: I'm Chris Graveline. And this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to
3: 35000. And when you visit us at intotomorrow.com, if the internet gods are with us, you should see a little red box pops up. Well, it's red and white, I think. asking only for your email address. And that's because that's all we need. We don't share it with anyone. We don't spam you. But that gets you signed up for our free once a week tech newsletter. And you will want it, I I promise you. But then watch your email. Check your spam filters just in case as well, because you'll get a subsequent email that says, okay, click here, and you're in. It's a double opt-in program because we don't spam people. So someone else can't put in your email address. You can. You see what I'm saying? That's how that works. And you do that, again, at intotomorrow.com. We've got plenty of tech news. I know. Go figure. We let you know all the cool stuff that's available for giveaway when you participate in any given week, like a bunch of cool stuff we brought back from CES this year. And we have things like Beth's Tech Tip.
4: Many people these days have smartphones loaded with photos and videos that you wouldn't want to lose. Thanks to today's technology, uh, there are many ways to ensure your memories are never lost. And Verizon
3: decides to only offer three-year contracts buy a phone outright or sign up for a 36 month contract and spread the cost great another reason why i'm not on verizon but we tell you all about it in this week's free into tomorrow tech newsletter oh we also let you know who's on the show every week and the ever-popular hmm thoughts to make you smile again sign up with only your email address at intotomorrow.com
2: bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology This has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7,